This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. You are here with Joe and Chelsea. How's it going, girl? Feels like such a long time since I've seen you. Oh my god, I know. We're double recording tonight, so. (laughs) We just finished the part one, so welcome back for part two. We don't have any new updates. Of of bad vegan, so. Mm -hmm. what What are you drinking? I switched up my drinks. I actually did, too. I have um, cheer wine with a little bit of bourbon. Ooh, very nice. Cheer wine. And for this. I love cheer wine. I do, too, girl. Uh, Cookout has it. I know. I got to go back. Cookout is so good. Uh, But I also got popcorn and candy for this episode. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, I switched from a beer to some wine. So. Delicious. yeah, well, we're going to kind of just like jump right back into this because it's nine o'clock that's at what night y'all, here. That's what y'all are here for. Yeah. You don't we know, care about we know. personal lives. It's fine. You're here for the content. Um, here for the content. <laughs> so, okay, Joe yeah, is going to no, recap because no. she's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just on TikTok more than you, so I know how to do a recap really fast. That's all I was okay. saying. <laughs> okay. Do but, the recap. So. Sarma finally owns this restaurant that she bought out from her previous partner, really bad with money. So when she bought him out, has $2 million in debt. What she believes is through Alec Baldwin, she meets this guy, Anthony. Turns out he is nothing like he presented himself. He is actually clinically insane. I am convinced. Keeps taking her money. She keeps buying into the whole situation. She's like super deep into it, like cannot see outside of what she is in. People are starting to catch on and realize that things are going bad. There's the meat he, suit. And he just took the meat suit. God damn. He just <laughs> took. Wait, what? He just took a lot. At the end of the last oh. episode, he just took a big chunk of money from her. How much money was it or something? So, yeah. So, okay. So between 2012 and 2014, Sarmis and Anthony, $1.7 million. That's right. Mm. Okay. All right, so <laughs> we talked to... And her debt, just as a reminder, was $2 million. $2 million. God, that's mm-hmm. got to ache. That's got to ache. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. So... Is that right? Did that sound... Was that good? Is that... Did I yeah. get all the important stuff? All the important stuff. Yep. Okay, so Nazim, again, is Anthony's, like, quote-unquote assistant, tells us in the third episode that in the first year of knowing, of working with Anthony... Anthony spent about six months at the Foxwood Casino. One time he was there for 30 days straight. Ew, Chelsea. Ew. Yeah. Everyone knew him at the casino and he would get a free place to stay there. He had a car pick him up in the city to take him to the casino. So he's living up that lifestyle. So one time while playing slots, Summer called him and Nazim heard her ask him, where is the money? And that is when it clicks with Nazim that Anthony is using money from the restaurant to gamble and build his fortune. Oh, my God. So Nazim knows, like, he's super shady, 
but he can't exactly walk away because he gave Anthony an investment over a hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And he tells us that one time he and Anthony drove from New York to Florida, but he couldn't fly because he thought he would be arrested. He was on probation in Sarasota because he had stolen a luxury car. And as he's like, it's not a big deal. I'm from Russia. Like that shit happens all the time. Like, cool, dude. <laughs> he literally says that. He's like, this shit happens all the time. So he drives him to court and Anthony gets arrested. And around 24 hours later, he's released. Okay. So after Anthony's release, he says, can we stop at one place? And said he wanted to see his ex-wife and kid. So Anthony? now we meet, yep, we meet Stacy Stranges, Anthony's ex-wife. <gasps> as soon as she sits down for the interview, she's like, so you want me to tell you all the lies that Anthony told me? Like all the stories? Because I have a ton. So now we're in Tampa, oh. Florida, 2004. And... Anthony tells Stacy he was a Navy SEAL who was shot in the line of duty, and his father confirms this. Y'all, he is not a Navy SEAL. Okay? So this fuck dude's you, dad, Stolen Anthony's dollar. dad. <laughs> so Anthony's dad sucks. Yeah, we're about to get into that in a second. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... And Anthony tells Stacy they are reincarnated lovers that keep finding each other in their lives. Oh, they that get married familiar. in Las. Yep, they get married in Las Vegas three months after they started dating. He tells Stacy his aunt died and left him five million dollars. He went even as far as going to Raymond James financial investing banking firm to set up the account for both of them to spend money. And set up account for her daughter to go to college. Surprise, surprise. The check never comes. And now they are flat broke. But he refuses to get a job. Of course. Stacy gets pregnant with her daughter, Riley. And after Riley was born, he tells her, quote, Do you know you can kill a baby by giving them salt and it doesn't show up in an autopsy? What the fuck is wrong with him? Because he's He's my, He's like a fucking manipulative, controlling con artist. Like he's just like fucking with her mind. She says, "I never left Riley alone with him ever." Of course not. No. I would be like, "Goodbye. Have yeah. a great life. Fuck. Go fuck yourself." God. God damn. He also tells her that they are. He tells her that quote they are after him. And he has had demons chasing him his whole life. And if you ever have a metallic taste in your mouth, run. So he's just like fucking insane. Like, come on. What? It's insane. Okay. Okay. So a little bit more about Anthony's earlier life and his father. Anthony's father was an alcoholic. (laughs) He was violent and a gambler. And he was a cop in Massachusetts. So as a young kid slash toddler, Anthony would play with dice and yell, baby needs a new pair of shoes, which is what gamblers say all the time, like, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And that's when Anthony's mother realizes that his dad is holding Anthony in one arm while gambling. Mm. This causes a fight between his mother and his father, 
and his dad shows up drunk with a gun and holds the family hostage for a while. Thankfully, does not end in a murder-suicide. And when he leaves... I was going to say, oh my God. Yeah. When Anthony's dad leaves, his mother calls the cops. Now, because he's a cop, this is, you know, back in the day, I guess you could say. Instead of the cops doing anything about it, the cops call his dad. So the dad comes back to the house and rips the phone out of the wall and leaves. Yep. And like he's yeah. abusive, so that's so how that's it pretty used to go. Much, yep, still go, still goes a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't need to back up your fucking friend. Just saying. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Stacy tells us how her marriage ends with Anthony. His dad had a heart attack and needed heart surgery. He tells Stacy he's going to stay at the hospital a little bit longer, and Stacy takes her daughter to her baseball game. She tells him, don't be late. We have to work the concession stand tonight. She never sees or hears from Anthony again. (laughs) Go fucking figures. Okay. Yep. Surprise, surprise. So that's Anthony's earlier life. So now we jump to Rome, Italy, 2014. Okay. As part of... um, as oh, sorry, as one of many cosmic tests, Sarma has to go to Rome because Anthony sends her there on a one-way ticket. She has no idea why she's going why? or when she will be back. He sends her to this weird hotel in a weird part of Rome, and he keeps making it seem like something is going to happen. So if she can stay faithful and not judge the process, then the family would like allow her to move into the other world and she would have whatever she wants. She had to use the car he told her to. She had a certain amount of money that she could go, you know, by herself, something to eat, go to a nice restaurant. But like everything's very controlled. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Summer kind of actually enjoys her time in Rome because she gets to get away from all the craziness in her life and in New York City. I was going to say, and, I bet that that is super actually helpful for her mental health. Mm-hmm. But at the same time she's in Rome, Anthony is slowly taking over the restaurant. Oh, no. That's why he sent her. The servers didn't know, like, who he really was and what his role was. Sarma wasn't responding to emails or texts about the business. So Nas, I'm going to start calling him Nas now. Nas, his assistant, tells her he sent her to Rome so that she wouldn't get in a way, in the way with any decisions or money movement of the restaurant. Oh, shit. Him and Nas are living it up in nice hotels. They're having the best time of their lives. At one point, Anthony calls a meeting. Everyone thinks Sarma is going to be there, but only Anthony shows up. Like all her employees think, okay, finally, we're going to get some fucking answers. And they show up and it's just Anthony. Oh, shit. He tells everyone that she is in Rome meeting her cousin. He then goes to talk about the second rumor if the restaurant is changing hands. He says, yes, it is on paper. He is going to buy pure food and wine and one lucky duck. Sarma isn't going anywhere. She's still going to run the show and everything else. 
that this is just a move to finally get out from under Jeffrey. He tells him that everything is going to be fine. He's going to take care of them. He mentions that he loves his wife and his business. And if certain employees go against her and threaten her, you are no longer with us. While, while Sarma is in Rome, he has her wire him $100,000, which now Jesus there isn't Christ. enough money to cover payroll. So now she's like scrambling to find someone who can loan her the money to cover it. Yeah. So she DMs Will and tells him, unless my company is made safe by return of those funds, I'm going home. He tells her you should do whatever you feel is right. And she says that what's right is not fucking with me. It's taking care of those who rely on me. He continues to tell her to stay calm. It's a situation that's easily handled, but it's not a joke or a game. You need to be sharp. What the fuck? Yeah. Fuck off, dude. Did she, like, get her ass home? So she is able to find someone to loan her the money to cover payroll. And Anthony tells her that in Rome, she is going to meet his brother. Finally. So after 10 days of being in Italy, she comes home. Okay. Shane is now, I'm sorry, Anthony is now starting to reach out to Sarma's family and wanting to meet with her sister and her father alone. They Weird. both declined because they felt uncomfortable and Shane, um, sorry, I like went back and forth in my notes between <laughs> Anthony and Shane. Yeah, you're fine. I, I'm following. <laughs> and Anthony starts calling her father asking for money to help Sarma. He says, you got to help us. We are family now. And her father's like, the fuck dude i don't even know your last you're not my fucking family yeah yeah what do you mean Mm -hmm. so the only one in sarma's family that seems to kind of like anthony was her mom when he first met her at thanksgiving in 2012 he laid it on thick with the charm and he would go around like he would go around sarma he convinced her mom to help him out so that he can help sarma out and pretty much starts to rope her mother into this whole fucking mess of a situation. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. In 2014, teen, wow, 2014, Jim Switzer, the operations manager at Pure Food and Wine, gets a notice from the bank about a wire transfer for $90,000 to somewhere in New Hampshire. He knew Sarma's mother lived there and found out that Shane was in, or Anthony, was in New Hampshire as well. Now, this pisses Jim Jim off because now it's going to be very difficult to cover payroll again and pay bills. So he reaches out to Sarma via email and tells her he feels like she is stealing from them. She replies that she doesn't know what he's talking about and he doesn't, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that she could do with the money what she pleased, and he was fired. Oh, no. But he has all of her emails. So, Sarma does say in the documentary, she does not remember why she fired him when the interviewer asked. So, I think she actually sent that, but I think, like, it was Anthony, like, in her head. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Sarma is starting to panic at this point. And she's starting, and she's still recording her calls with Anthony. Anthony keeps asking, if I ask you to wire money tomorrow, would you do it? And she pushes back and he gets pissed and is like, who are you? Who are you? What happened to you? Where's my fucking wife? 
In a text message, he presents her to her two options to continue. To continue to trust him and stay in the dark for a bit longer or go to Monaco on Saturday together and finish this. They end up driving her car to Montreal and flying from there to Paris. Okay, so like I guess she okay. chose option number two. Like this, okay. you know. And uh, so they're in Paris in 2014 and they are bouncing around Europe for a couple of months. A lot of the cities that they stayed in had casinos and Anthony would go out and visit them. Nas tells us the money he would win at the casino would be spent on ex- expensive things, trips, watches, etc. So okay, okay. So they're going around Europe, and like neither of them are at the restaurant. Is the restaurant doing better at this point? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that you mentioned that Sarma's employees <laughs> aren't getting paid on time. Because he's stealing from the restaurant. Yeah. A week would go by and they wouldn't be paid. And then a couple of weeks go by. um, They still still weren't getting paid. Then they would switch to monthly payroll. And in a letter sent out to the the employees, there's a line that says, if you're so upset by the inconvenience of one day delay and checks, then you are welcome to give your notice and leave. Oof. No, no, no. Nope. Like, first off, fuck you, because people rely on that. Yeah, that's inappropriate. Like, no, that's unethical. That's unethical management. Like, no, fuck, no, nope. Mm -mm. Fuck off. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. Then Sarma sends out, like, a company-wide email saying that their checks are going to bounce. But next week, everything is going to be fine. It will (gasps) be fixed next week. What? You have to remember, though. That like their company is like their their restaurant is every night it's packed like they're making money so it doesn't Lots make sense money, yeah. why they're having yeah. issues oh, shit. paying uh huh and also while all this is going down that her employees aren't getting paid she's posting on Instagram about her expensive trip in Europe yep I was just gonna say and they're probably at the same time seeing her post all these pictures of her gallivanting around Europe. Oh, ma'am. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Yeah. So people are pissed. And Nikki King oh, yeah. Bennett, which she was the executive chef, says she isn't sure, but she's pretty convinced she was the one that initiated the walkout because she was kind of like the leader in the kitchen. She was trying to communicate with Sarma, but got no response. So Sarma tells us present day that she lost communication. And when she got back on, she found out that her staff had not been paid and the restaurant had shut down oh no so was it sarma sending those restaurant those emails or was it anthony i'm gonna go with anthony yeah so pure food and wine stays closed for a while because she has to pay the landlord back rent and staff that she owed money to sarma had to convince people to help reopen the restaurant she ends up raising somehow like eight hundred uh eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Just adding to P- her debt. Yeah. Pure food and wine ends up reopening and a lot of the staff ends up going back to Sarma, even when they had other jobs. 
Probably because they now back. they knew that Sarma was back and they trusted her. They were like, all mm-hmm. right, she's back, so she's going to make this right. Exactly. They realize that's not because the restaurant isn't making money. It's because of Anthony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, the restaurant is doing amazing, and Nas is at the restaurant every day, and he would take the money and deposit for payroll. He said he did it himself because he was afraid it would be stolen. Mm. So he's, like, caught up on what Anthony's doing. And, like, he's probably done Absolutely. some pretty... He's done some pretty shady shit in his past, I feel like. But at least he's <laughs> like, I'm not going to fuck or Like, these people are innocent. Like, fuck you. Yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, But the employees, though, aren't sure about him and believe he is working with Anthony. But Nas said Ooh. that he was working to protect Sarma. So Sarma and Anthony are fighting all the time at this point, and they are sleeping in different rooms. She found out that he was talking to investors under her email without her knowing about it. So she no. ends up changing her she ends up changing her password, and this just pisses Anthony off. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. All right. So we see another exchange between Will and Sarma. And Sarma is pretty much asking Will, how do I know you just aren't Anthony and I would like to meet you? Oh, shit. And Will is pretty much like, he, like Anthony loves you and he is there to protect you. And they start talking about being suspicious and paranoia and how having a bit of that is good, but too much is dangerous, which is true. Sure. Should have a little bit of suspicion and paranoia. Sure. And Will brings up the point that, yeah, if we meet in person, though, how do you know that he didn't just get someone to match my description and make a fake ID? He loves you and you have to trust him. And Joe, Wait, you're so right. Did he Will just admit not- that that was him? Did he just admit that he was? Will? We find out Will is not real. It's Anthony. Ugh. This whole time was Anthony. Fuck this guy. Of course it was. So this, Fuck like, this guy. This clicks with Sarma. And she realized okay. he doesn't have access to all this information that like this other world is giving him and the family's letting him know. He's just monitoring her emails. Mm-hmm. But if she gets mad at him, she's showing weakness. And like he throws that into her face because she's still well, of course, right? Like, yeah. All right. Sarma calls Jeffrey and tells him through people that she knows. Hold on. Sarma calls Jeffrey and tells him through people that she knows there's this guy that she wants him to check out. Michael Caledona from Boston and Michael wants to buy out the business and pay everything off so then she would no longer be in debt okay but his biggest concern is Jeffrey so she wants him to kind of check it out so Jeffrey calls this this guy and he didn't really suspect anything except for the fact he seemed a little manic on the phone he kept saying he's getting his money from Europe and Jeffrey wants to make sure it's legal and the guy is like, oh, yeah, it is. It's good. Like, let's set up a time to meet. 
So they set up a time, and they're supposed to meet in New York at 5.30 at a bar. Okay. So Jeffrey gets there. He waits. Michael no-shows. So he calls mm-hmm. him. No answer. 15 minutes later, he gets a call back, and Michael's like, oh, my gosh, I missed my plane. So they plan to meet again. Once again, no show. So at this point, Jeffrey is in Miami, and Sarma calls him and is like, Michael is going to be in Miami for a week. Can you set up a time for you two to meet? And I'm going to come, too. So Anthony was supposed to go with Sarma to Miami, and they are in line at the airport. He steps out of the line and is like, you have to do this on your own. I'm not going with you, and leaves. See, that's weird as fuck. Because he can't fly. That's right, because he can't fly. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up going to Miami. There's emails going back and forth between Michael, Jeffrey, and Sarma. Michael was staying at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, which is close to Jeffrey's restaurant that he owns in Miami. Again, Michael doesn't show, says he missed his flight. So pretty much Michael doesn't show and Sarma and Jeffrey meet. Sarma asks Jeffrey to call the investors because she can't talk to them. And Michael is going to come in and take them out, but they can't ask for what they're asking for because then it will never happen. So what? Jeffrey, I know, that was I watched that like <laughs> multiple times and I like literally had subtitles on and I was like, just I'm right. So essentially like it sounds like, Sarma needs Jeffrey to talk to the investors because I think the price that they want or something like that wouldn't work out. So Jeffrey needs okay. to kind of step in to like okay. help. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Okay. Um, so Jeffrey agrees because he trusts Sarma to call them because yeah. he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. AKA. Michael is Anthony. Yeah. Also, by the way, Jeffrey had no idea that Anthony and Sama are married. Okay. Because then he technically never needed to do any of this. So oh, in the that's end, right. they end up pretty much taking two million from Jeffrey. You know that man didn't have it. <laughs> Jeffrey? Oh, yeah. Jeffrey had that money. But wasn't he the one who was really bad with finances? No. No, no, no. That was her first husband, Michael. Oh, which one's Jeffrey? The one that helped invest in Pure Food and Wine, and she bought outright from oh, him. Oh, yep. Got it. Okay. So they yep. ended up taking more money from him. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say Sarma. I'm going to say Anthony, because fuck Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Now I'm caught up. I'm following. All right. Sorma leaves Miami and she flies to Connecticut and they get into a car and they just leave. They don't go back to New York. Where do they go? At this point, people aren't getting paid again. Her employees aren't getting paid again. And Sarma is still able to transfer money and she doesn't want to, but he pretty much just does it under her name because he has all her information. Yeah. Once again, staff isn't getting paid, so her staff walks out again, and they are picketing in front of the restaurant. Oh, shit. So, yeah. 
So Naz goes to the restaurant because he can't get a hold of Sarma or Anthony. And the employees are pissed at him because they're like, you are fucking working with Anthony, which I don't mm-hmm. think he was. I, I really don't think he was. Not really. Not really. Yeah. But he's like, if I sold the money, then why would I be here? Because it doesn't sound like he's getting paid either. Right. Okay. The employees call the cops on him. <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Get him to leave. Yeah. This is heartbreaking. We also find out that there are whole families that work at the restaurant. And now everyone is out of money. So, like, fathers, mothers, daughters, all. No one, like, a whole family is not getting paid. Chelsea. And, you know, ding, ding, ding. If you haven't figured it out, Anthony is a car artist and is scamming her out of money. But Sarma is still getting meetings with investors and raising that money to reopen. So it's hard for people to not believe that she wasn't exactly aware of everything that was going on. Okay. Now, Sarma's in big trouble because taxes aren't getting paid. Employees aren't getting paid. And he tells her, Anthony tells her, listen, we're just going away for a, for a little while. But in reality, they are oh, on no. the run. Oh, shit. Okay. So spring of 2015. Sarma and Anthony are on the run, and they are jumping from place to place. So Sarma has this tattoo on her upper arm of a duck for mm-hmm. her breast juice bar lucky duck. Yeah. Um, and so she starts covering it up with a large Band-Aid. Anthony also tells her to think of a different name. So she picks Emma. So at one point, they end up in Las Vegas because of all the casinos and end up being there for months. Anthony would go to high money slot machines. He would end up winning. He would play multiple at a time and he would win like six grand, ten grand. Summer fucking hates Vegas. (laughs) There's not yeah. a lot of healthy food options because she's very, she's vegan. Yeah. There's no bookstores. It's just not her scene. And they are spending a lot more time apart than together. Occasionally, and she still thinks that they're just on vacation. She doesn't know exactly like what's going on. Yeah. She, she doesn't know why they can't go back. But she doesn't realize that like he's like, we can't go back because if we do, we're going to get arrested. Okay. 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 Occasionally, they would go out to dinner or do something together. He did try to teach her to play poker at one point, but she isn't really about it because she doesn't like to gamble. Mm -hmm. Sarma does say that there were a few times that she would like freak out and he would do anything to keep her quiet so that no one would call the cops. She also knows this whole thing isn't straightforward because she could get up and like, like, the biggest thing is like people are like you weren't held against your will. Like you could leave at any time. Well, you know, they're not acknowledging the psychological abuse that has been happening yeah. here. You know, like, yeah. But she brings that up. She's like, I get it. Like I wasn't like tied down. I didn't have a gun to my head. I could literally get up and go. But Sarma didn't does not like being in the same room with him overnight so they would actually end up getting two rooms or like two adjoining rooms so she was not 
he was still like, fine with this. Yeah, of course, because he was able to, he could still get money from her at this point. Good, great. Also, on the podcast I listened to, a little bit culty, they interviewed her, and she brought up the fact that in the documentary, you see these videos of her, like, crying or just, like, in bed, not responding, and he's, like, patronizing her. Like, you got to get up. You got to do this. Like, stop crying. da 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 and he was trying to use it as like, see, she has all these psychological problems. I have to help her, yada, yada, yada. Oh, but man. it ended up backfiring because you could tell like she's like so broken. She doesn't know what to do. Yep. Yep. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. So Sarma does tell us a little bit more about their physical relationship. Oh. It was to the point that just the smell of him physically repulsed her and this started back in new york he oh. had asked one time she tells us the story um that he asked her to bring home a bottle of wine and she knew it was for her because he didn't drink and he said ahead of time i have to do something now and you have to do what i say Ugh. and it's not because i want to do it it's because i have to do it and you have to just go with it and do what I say, and you can't resist me. This is part of the process. Ew, so Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Ew. So he blindfolds her, starts ordering her around, makes her get on her knees. We can all probably figure out what happened. Ugh. She's extremely uncomfortable. She starts to she cry. Is. She starts to cry, and he apologizes for it. But that's pretty much as all the details she gives. Blech. Well, she doesn't yeah. have to give more than that. That's enough. Blech. Yeah, we figure it out. He's a... F- yeah. Just like, I just want to give her a hug. I know. Like, just... Ugh, God. Blech. Well, all... What a piece of shit. Yeah, girl. Well, all this is happening her being them being on the run anthony is continually is continue oh my gosh anthony continues to communicate with her mother and texts her on the phone sarma's completely shut down she can't deal with everything going on and anthony is asking sarma's mother for money and she would give it to him thinking she was helping her daughter he is asking for 12k 10k 14k her mom is letting them know that police are looking for her her family is getting very worried, and her father threatens to call the police if she doesn't talk to them. So at this point, Anthony l- kind of lets her talk to someone in the family at times, but it's very much like, yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. So Anthony's like not even letting her communicate with her yeah, family. Yeah, her family. Oh, man. So 10 months go by, and they are still on the run. And he tells her that she has to find someone to give her 60 grand. And she ends up find, finding a friend of hers in New York who was willing to help her out. Mm-hmm. They leave Vegas and they start to drive back to New York and they stop at a rest stop. He gets out of the mm-hmm. car and she said she was so close to leaving him there without his wallet. But she started to think about the fact that they were married and the money came from her company and she gave it to him. So like technically he isn't guilty of anything yeah uh, yeah which is the f- such a fucked 
up thing. Can you imagine? Oh. Yeah, because she's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So they meet with her friend in New York. She gets the cash. They end up leaving New York again and end up in Pigeon Ford, Tennessee. Ooh. Mm. I bet she doesn't like it there either. No, but I heard Dollywood is actually pretty cool. Have you been there? That's yeah, when I was court. little, I used to have a little Dollywood dress that I would wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would have a Dollywood dress. I love it. Um, <laughs> I have not been to Dollywood, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. So it's 2016 at this point, and oh, they end oh up in God. a motel near Dollywood, and they stayed there for 40 nights. Anthony at this point is just playing Call of Duty and making Sarma get his, she says, disgusting food. And she says he would give her a couple hundred dollars to get food for herself and whatnot. And she's just kind of like wandering around. Like she doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. So across from where they're staying, there's a Chipotle. Love you, Chipotle. Across the street. And she starts going there. Yeah. Regularly. And she starts to kind of get to know the people working there. And she makes a friend named Dustin. But she's still going by the name Emma. Okay. And her and Dustin would sit outside of Chipotle, drink beers, and talk. And she's extremely worried about Anthony finding out about this. Because he has to know everything in her life. And he would hate that she's found somebody outside. To talk to. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So they become close friends and she does eventually start to open up to him about her trying to get away from Chris, a.k.a. Anthony. Right. Okay. And him not being good. And this is the only time during those 10 months that she was gone that she ever really spoke or opened up to anyone when they were on the road. So... Well, this is all happening, right? Like, a restaurant shut down. Employees are out of money again. Investors are like, what the fuck is my thing? Technically, no charges have yet been filed against them. But finally, some investors do get in contact with authorities. And they're like, she's fucking missing. Our money's missing, too. And that is when a warrant is officially issued out against Sarma and Anthony. Okay. All right. So we do meet Damn. Detective Ray Brown, who was a he's a server county police, and they become involved because someone reached out to them and said, "Hey, you know, you have two fugitives in your area." Yeah, we think they're living in your town. <laughs> yeah. So they're actually able to find out that a credit card was used to buy Domino's Pizza and chicken there wings in Pigeon Ford. They find the Domino's pizza pizza location and they are able to verify that, yes, the pizza Domino's was like, we did have one delivery to a Fairfield Inn in Serviville, Tennessee. Sure. (laughs) Damn. Anthony used his real name. Like a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Good. Good. So, I just have to point this out. Okay. This whole Domino's pizza thing becomes a fucking, like, field day for the press. Okay. Because she's, like, this vegan, and she ordered pizza from Domino's, which is, like, not 
the healthiest option. Yeah, and but it's also not she's vegan. on the run. Like, she's... But no, she never fucking touched the pizza. She had no idea about the pizza until after she was in jail when an inmate told her about the pizza. Oh, okay. So even there. All right. But so like y'all the be quiet. press... <laughs> The press like really fixated on the fact that they ordered pizza. Anthony ordered pizza and was like trying to put that on her. And it's like, y'all stop. There's a bigger story here. Y'all mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. It's not about the damn pizza. Nobody cares about the pizza. <sighs> Obviously the fil- the the fucking press did. Um, so the police go to the hotel. And they tell the staff, this is what's going on. And they come up with a plan for a staff member to call Anthony to come down to the lobby because there's something wrong with his credit card. Okay. The police are like, this is a great ruse. Like, she's going to come down. It's going to be great. Comes to find out that for like the past week or so, his credit card wasn't going through. So the hotel staff was like, yup, we'll make that fucking phone call real quick. Okay. All right. So... They call Anthony down and the police are able to take him into custody without incident. Okay. All right. He's they there. put He's him gone. in. Yep. They put him in the cruiser and they go to the hotel room thinking Sarma's like in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Real quick. So Sarma's in the room reading a book with Leon and Leon starts to bark. And Sarma was actually in the adjoining room. And after a minute or so, she kind of like sticks her head out. And the police are like, ma'am, you need to get back into your room. But uh-huh. finally hits them. The police, oh, wait, shit, you're Sarma. You're who we're looking for. <laughs> so they, the police said that when they found her, she was extremely skinny and frail. And, like, she mm-hmm. was not looking good. Like she wasn't and she shape. gives the police the name Emma Donovan. They look at her on her left arm. They make her take off her Band-Aid. And sure enough, there's the Lucky Duck tattoo. Okay. Okay. The police said she looked extremely relieved once she realized it was all over and just sat on the bed and started to cry. Aww. And she did. I bet she, she did was. Say that, yeah. She did say the police were like very like kind to her. Mm-hmm. Because she's now, she has Leon. She has her beloved dog that was supposed to become immortal. Like, mm-hmm. she's concerned about her dog. So Sarma's taken to jail and put into a holding cell. When detectives come to talk to her, again, her first thought is like, what the fuck's going to happen to Leon? And they tell her that a woman at the hotel that was a manager took Leon in. So... About two days after she is arrested, Dustin gets a call from an inmate in Server County. So he takes the call and she asks him to go get Leon. And he does. And Leon stays with Dustin for a few days. Eventually, her father goes down there to get Leon. So Leon's safe. Leon's good. Oh, good. Thank you for clearing that up right off the bat. Yes. We need to know. Sarma is in jail in Tennessee for 10 days. The day comes for her to leave for New York, and she and Anthony are actually taken to the airport and to the marshal and to New York um, by the marshals. Whoa, sorry. Girl, I've been talking for a long time. You have. You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, I'm on pins and needles over here. 
Okay, so she's taken back to New York. Her and Anthony are taken to the airport and taken by the marshals to go back to New York. Okay. The whole time that they left the jail in Tennessee to Rikers, Anthony and Surma are close enough to each other to talk. Okay. Like, they were never separated. That seems like a bad idea, but okay. Yeah. So, on the way to Rikers, he tells her... I have to get bailed out. I can make everything okay. I have to be bailed out today. Oh, and this fuck is when off. it hits her that Anthony did not get attorneys for her and she is on her own. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. You are. She ends up calling her sister from Rikers and that is when she finds out that Anthony stole $400,000 from her mother. <gasps> she... She is in Rikers before she's able to get bailed out. Her bail was three hundred thousand, and Anthony's was three hundred fifty thousand. But nobody came to bail out fucking Anthony. Good. Rotten jail. Yeah, girl. Sarma and Anthony are being charged with stealing 840000 from investors and spending $2 million at Foxwood Casinos and Luxury Hotels. They face a max of 15 years if convicted. Okay. We meet Sheila Tendy, who is um, Sarma's former lawyer, and she explains that the overall, overall idea is the scheme to defraud. Okay. Defrauding the investors and employees. The grand larceny charge comes into place because she is charged with stealing the money from like investors and whatnot. Okay. 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 So you start seeing the records of how much money is being transferred from the restaurant's account to her personal account to Anthony's account and what Anthony spent. Does it line up perfectly? Um... I mean, they tell us what was spent, but like you can tell, like technically Anthony didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So nearly one million is spent at Foxwoods, over 80,000 at specialty stores like Rolex, 70,000 on hotels in Europe and New York, 200,000 at Mahogany Sun Resort in Connecticut. What the fuck? Sarma's lawyer reaches out to Jeffrey to testify on her, bef- on her, bef- oh my gosh, on her behalf, and sh- he says no. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Sucks. Because he just felt like it wasn't right. Like he couldn't, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sarma reaches out to Stacy, Anthony's ex-wife, and Stacy agrees to write a letter on her behalf. Okay. Okay. You want to know what Anthony's attorney thinks? Yeah. He denies that there is any coercion with the relationship and denies that Anthony ever engaged in any kind of gaslighting with Sarma. Pretty much they put all the blame on Sarma, but all the evidence points to what Sarma is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, what else to, What else can they do? Yeah. So 
here's the thing, though. While all this is going on, the press is having a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. All the tabloids are pushing the idea that she was in charge of this and that she ordered the pizza and calling her the vegan Bernie Madoff. No, uh, stop. And they are loving this narrative because it goes against the brand and image she had put out into the world. That's so, so the trial, bad. I know. I felt so bad. The trial was moved to Brooklyn. But then it almost became this mentality of like, let's get her. She has to be guilty. Like, let's get this mm. rich white girl from like fucking Manhattan. Like, okay. There's no okay. way. I got you. In one article they show that the documentary shows, it's her mugshot. And the title says something like frail and needed a chair chair during court. And underneath her mugshot, it said, somebody get this girl a cheeseburger. No. Yeah. So like, that's just the press. That's fucked up. Stop. That's not cute. Meanwhile, Anthony is at Rikers for almost a year. He ended up pleading guilty, but due to a plea deal, he pretty much serves his his time in jail and was given probation for a period of time. He stole money from Sarma's mother, never faced charges, because that became evidence in the charges he was facing. Wait, it works that way? Some states it does. Holy shit. Okay. Sarma takes a plea deal as well, mainly because of how much a trial would cost. And she pleads guilty to charges of grand larceny, criminal tax fraud, and a scheme to defraud in exchange for five years probation. She served okay. four months behind bars. That's not Before bad. Sarma, yeah. No, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it sucks because, like, I really don't think she did those things. And I don't think that she did guilty. either. But it does get to a certain point where it's like, okay, if you are so aloof and unaware, mm-hmm. then you still apparently, you, you've come to this age in life and haven't learned just a few of these red flags. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that she is not the victim. She is. But four months as a consequence, I mean, that's that's a lot. But it's like, you can't just blindly go along with this stuff. Like, you have yeah. to question from time to yeah. time. No, I get it. And it just sucks because, like... It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But I was concerned she was going to get way worse than that. So for me, it's a bit of a oh, relief. I, know. I bet for her, but it, it felt like a million years. But Because... I'm pretty sure I don't have it in here, but um, while she was getting ready to go into jail, like he was, Anthony's already out. Damn. Anthony only served time until he pled guilty and took the plea deal. Yeah. And then he, he got out and he just got, served. and he just got probation. Mm. Mm. You know, it's bad. It's bad. So before Summer goes to Rikers, she ends up doing an interview slash filming the week before she goes. And the interviewer asks, why, like, why are you going to Rikers? And she makes a great point that our legal system doesn't really understand or recognize that somebody can manipulate your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. It's a scary precedent to set. So, it is. It is very, I understand why, like, sometimes, like, unfortunately, 
things have to be black and white with our legal system because there is so many shades of gray in real life. But also, again, if you have gone through your entire life and haven't gotten to the point of of questioning things Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to say that are obvious, but things that are illogical then sometimes you have to get like it's that same rock bottom stuff yeah where you have to like hit rock bottom to start mm-hmm. like being like i gotta fucking pay attention no i agree with you but like yeah like i understand why the legal system can't go with like yeah, yeah. what she's saying yeah. because that is such a shade of gray and if you start yeah. doing that like you it's just it would never work in society it's a scary yeah. precedent. Yeah. Is very. So we see Anthony C. again. Well, we see him throughout the whole doc oh, series. Oh, he's. Yeah, Anthony he's awesome. C. Yeah. We like him. He's we the like good him. one. Like he's him. the good one. Yeah, yeah. So at the end, I just wanted to put this in because I just think I feel you. Okay. At the end of the epi- the last episode, the interviewers ask if you if he could do anything different, what would it be? And he goes, I quote. I would have stuffed that fat bastard in a garbage bag, put him in a river. <laughs> like, that's yes, my guy. See, I love you. <laughs> that's my guy. Um, fuck off. <laughs> seriously. So, the ending of the series, people involved are involved are asked if she was brainwashed in a sense, and should she be held guilty. And employees speak out that she might have gotten over, gotten in over her head and they don't want any harm. But she, like you said, she has to be held accountable for her actions. There is another theory is that it's pretty clear the marriage was more of an arrangement, right? So that she could get that money tax free. Yeah. And if he could pay off her debt like he claimed then was she scheming him first and then realized shit i'm way over my head uh, i don't know if it's a scheme or a scam i don't think it was scheme i think it was maybe like i don't really like you but if you can help me out like let's just do this and then we'll figure sure, it out sure yeah yeah exactly i think Which, it was an more arrangement like that. Is fine yeah an arrangement is fine mm-hmm. but yeah i don't i don't think she if i'm gonna be perfectly frank I think that this uh, beautiful little clownfish wouldn't have thought about it that way to those depths. Mm-mm. Yeah. But it is interesting because at the very end of the last episode, they play a call from 2019 that took place 22 months after she was released from Rikers. Okay. And it's between Hearns and Anthony. And it's almost like they are joking. In the beginning, he is like, I miss you. And she kind of makes like a gagging sound. And then she says, you know, you have to get out of the meat suit and peer on a unicorn. And he's like, oh, I know. It's already in the works. And she laughs about him like shape shifting in front of her. And he says he still loves her. And at the end of the call, she tells him good night. Okay, that is weird. Mm hmm. Yeah, that is weird. That is that was like the only time I was like, eh, what's that about? Like, I would be like, don't call me. But then when she did the interview with the podcast, she's like, I don't want to say too much about where I'm at. That's not because he's out and like, fuck him. So like, I maybe she was using it for evidence. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fawn response is real. Huh. So. Weird. Total debt. From 
New York sales tax, IRS, and New York personal. Jeff from Jeffrey, her mother, big and small investors, and other equals six point one four zero million in total debt. Yeah, see, fuck off anyone who has anything to say about a social program. Fuck off. That money that person just scammed out of the system. Like, we have so much money that there are people in the world that can absorb that impact. So fuck off everybody. Like, that's are you kidding me? That's are you kidding me? With everything. Jesus Christ. So that is bad. She's gonna be paying that off for her life. That was good. That was a good right? one. Girl, yes. you got to watch the show. It's so, it's you, so that, good. You know that's what I'm about to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting for so long. I I hope it makes sense. I've been talking since like seven and we're going on three hours now. So I feel like my mind is just like shutting I followed. down. But, I followed. Okay. I totally um, followed. Yeah. So... I love you, but what's your weekly win? My throat hurts. <laughs> I want to stop talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, my weekly win is that, damn it, I had one. I know. I told you to keep one, and then you said, no, I have one. I, I had remember. one on deck. It was something about Bullet. He's on your bed. He is on my bed. He's just because he's old and I feel guilty not letting him sleep wherever he wants to sleep. Okay. Well, I'll just go with this one. My weekly win is that I finally figured out what I'm going to do um, for my husband's anniversary. Take that mm-hmm. out. That's good. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. What you got? If that's your weekly win, that's right. Um, you know what? All the trees are blooming and my street looks like fucking magical. So I'm happy with it. That's Yay. Yeah, girl. So, all right, you guys. Um, well, if you like us, give us a like, a follow, subscribe, whatever your format asks for. Um, that would be awesome. If you want to find us on Facebook, we're at a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group. And if you want to find us on Instagram, we're at a thousand true, tri- true crimes pod. Um, yeah, it's been a long night. Let's let, let's let Charles go rest her voice. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. guys.